folks, one of the Redneck Country Podcast. You are on with Real Redneck Tom Millard, and of course, we've got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill Tom. Bill, are you there? I am here, and uh, it's a beautiful night for a podcast. It is a beautiful night for a podcast. Kind I, of. I, well, it, it it rained earlier, and so just started here right now. I oh, can hear it really? in the background. Oh, we yeah. had it pretty good, but it's kind of it's calmed down now enough that yes, sitting beside me, my father the patriarch of redneck country we redneck don millard walked over to do it and if it was that bad he wouldn't have walked and so Wrong. oh did you drive over no well then what what are you saying your mother dropped me off we got an invite <laughs> for supper at six o'clock and no good grief so i said well i i would like to visit a little longer i would have had to leave there right at seven which is only an hour so I stayed and visited a little bit after supper, and then she dropped me off. But I'm going to walk home because it's not raining at the moment. But it's getting colder. And if it was raining, you're not sugar, and you won't melt. So. That's right. <laughs> Water don't bother me. I just hope no. I'm warm enough. If it that's a parrot from Saturday. And folks, his mic is hot. Good deal. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, I get. Uh, my mom in uh, the house tonight. She's here. I asked her if she wanted to come on until the. The story uh, about her uh, deer that he shot, she shot two years yeah, ago. Yeah, Mama Tom. And her eyeballs got about as big as saucers. It was like, nope, nope. That was two years ago. I'm like, You're, that stories don't go away from two years yeah, ago. exactly. So uh, the, I, what I got out of that was not tonight, but she may, if given enough advance notice. Uh, oh, we don't uh, like to plan. Story. We'll just call her. Next You're Thursday. You're talking to the wrong person if you don't think that she like, <laughs> she plans everything. Everything. I had to assume that, that yeah, yeah, that you're a chip off the old mom block. That's where it comes from. She likes tea too, doesn't she? Um, yeah. yeah she How's her knitting? Yeah, cup of tea. She doesn't knit. Doesn't knit. Really? Where'd you get that from then? No, but you know what she, you know what she doesn't <laughs> have? She doesn't have guy lights in her hair. <laughs> guy lights. <laughs> Is it, is it, uh, got talking to How Kansas long have you been holding that you. one back? <laughs> Actually, 15 minutes. Kansas, we were talking about, because Candace went to get her nails done today because we're, we're going on a, a little mini vacation. And she says to me, she says to me, you should go get the sports version of this with, uh, with a, a pedicure that, and, and hand massage. And I said, you are talking to the wrong end of this podcast if you want something like that. Oh, whoa, I am not. I am not the one that has the highlights. And what my wife says, Todd says they're not highlights. They're guy lights. They are. They're guy lights. They're not highlights. They're guy lights. <laughs> so that's spot on. I haven't been holding that one for long. I, I couldn't hold that one for long. <laughs> but they're manly because they're guy lights. So when you got your last uh, sports pedicure thing, how was that? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, that's no yeah. joke. <laughs> I'm proud to say a, that. Yeah, right. Okay. I didn't know they had a sports one. Is that so they could cater to the dudes? So it's like apparently. they try to tempt you to get you in there. It's like, yeah, oh, it's a sports one. Oh, sports. Oh, oh I'm there. I'm yeah. there. Oh, what are you doing to my nails? Hey, look, look yeah. at my hands. Quit looking at my eyes. Oh. Like I said, wrong end of the podcast for that. So this is the almost guy, not Jersey Shore's guy. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Hang on to that, Bill. Hang on to that. GTH, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Jim Tan Hunt. Yeah, that's. that's there you, go. Oh. <laughs> you, you can put Actually, that in your next t shirt. It's usually H, or what is it? HTG, Hunt Tan Jim. Mm. There you so go. It's getting tea weather. I was going to have a cup of tea tonight, but my. Podcast oh, mug is in the washing machine. Surrender me. Dishwasher. Yeah. So I'm, I got my cup of tea here. 
Yeah, tell you, well, I, I'll bring you down one next time. There you go. Nice so cup of tea with a little bit of honey now. in there. You know, it's, it is that weather now, but it is such that weather that next week, I don't know when this podcast is going to air, but for me, next week, we leave. The week yep. today, one, one more, one more day. A week tomorrow. Uh, we'll be, uh, week tomorrow, I'll be You're heading to hunt camp. Get ready, to, ready to go yep. to hunt camp for Your a week. brother's going to have a, you see a trailer full of apples being pulled down behind a big F, what is that thing? What's he drive? F-250? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's something big. That's yeah, for sure. It's a heavy-duty truck. But you yeah. see that going down the 401. Stay out of its way. It's got it's got a shipment of apples to drop off under a tree stand. Yep. Yeah. Time of year again. Two days ago, the hot rod went into storage. Oh, it did, eh? Oh, man. I hate to put that away, but it's it's away. It's in the storage now. Well, Till next there's spring. only there's only so much time left. And I, I tell you, yeah. we got talking about this before the podcast. We're all busy. And every day is uh, there's something going on. And I had to even last night. I know I'm kind of jumping ahead on what, you, what we did here this week, but we'll just roll with it, I guess. Eh? Yeah, why not? We uh, uh, last night I was trying to do the planning ahead. Um, shocked and stunned. But I had to get all my hunting <laughs> stuff ready for next weekend. <laughs> last night because Already? i just don't have enough time oh yeah i have to i, I have had my list i printed off with all my 2021 hunt list uh the items with my clothes number of things i'm taking i know you hunt out of your house yeah so your wife's got it all figured out for you <laughs> oh, stop <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's running around in the morning that i come to pick him up and he's jen where's this where's that oh give me a break it's oh, like yeah. 4 30 in the morning you think jen's oh, getting yeah. up for that oh, yeah. you're on crack he's got her awake because he has to have a shower first he has to put and on i have my own bathroom the... downstairs oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. wow, this is, telling yeah, stories so... out of school now yeah. So that list, I had to go through all that stuff and get it, get it kind of separated. Already, and make sure I have Don't to, you feel over prepared at that? And then you're like, no. I'm forgetting something because now I'm too he, prepared. He's yelling no. right now that he's too busy, can't do anything, and I'm telling him right now, we only got a week. He's got to find a place for the goose trailer because we got to back in there with the truck, and he's got yeah, to clean the garage. Yeah, you can get beside the goose so we trailer. Can drive in and hang the deer. And right now, you can't get past the door even walking. Can in. you get in? Yeah, you can't even get in his garage, can oh, you? you can now. We got the whole side cleaned out. It's going to be more than that. Cause yeah, well, I put, the, I put the kayak over with the trailer so I can go over to there and grab it when I need to. It's mm. in where Dad's car is stored. His camper trailer, not the goose trailer. So oh, the goose trailer, yeah. fine. You can get beside it. You're back in beside it. We do it every year. But in your, your garage, Todd, what you're telling me right now from when we were down there, goose hunting, you can actually get and move in that garage? Yes, on the left side. Absolutely. It's only the right side where the golf cart is, and I got a giant screen printing press. It's got to be so, clean more. Which is for sale, by the way, if well, anybody would well, like a four-color, four-station screen printing press. Yeah, but right now where the deer hang, you can't get under the hooks. Uh, no doubt in my mind. Yeah. I bet you, you guys better have a light year hunt because if you, you get any more than one small deer, oh, stop. you're not putting them anywhere. It's this <laughs> way every year at this time. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Not surprised. <laughs> you're not telling me anything I don't already know. That's the truth. You, you're giving me that information okay. for free. And every year, do we are we able to hang deer? So I don't uh -huh. know why you fret because <laughs> it's always ready to rock when it needs to be ready to rock. <sighs> you know, Bill, I mean... Usually Scotty's a catalyst. He'll shoot one a week early with the you, bow, and then we got to... <laughs> you made a career out of being the almost guy, and we laugh about it, and it's fun. Todd is the never-ready guy. I want to know <laughs> how we got here, because I'm the guy that makes fun of y'all. 
And now, no. what are we, 95 you, you episodes make, in? How did this get flipped around? You make fun of us and you carry on so we can't say anything so the real truth doesn't come out. But the real truth is not wrong. You're the never ready guy. I think, I think you know how the sitcoms. The never ready guy. They make batteries about that, don't they? That's <laughs> yep. the ever ready, but it's the opposite. Yep, you can right. have a t-shirt with that and that battery won't have any charge in it. And then it's the Todd never ready the guy. the never ready. That's the Todd's, Stop, bite Todd's your tongue. No. So, ladies and gentlemen. He yeah, just keeps logo. on crastinating, crastinating. It's called procrastinating Whatever. there, Sleepy Joe. <laughs> procrastinating. Anyway. <laughs> So, you know how how sitcoms kind of spin off? He knows the word. He's a pro. I think that's right. If you're going to do something, you you go all in. Do it well. So, sitcoms do spinoffs. I think it might be time. So, ladies and gentlemen, if anybody would like to be on the Redneck Country podcast, we have two seats to replace. Reach out to podcast at theredneckcountry.com. I will entertain your emails. And we'll give up our seats gladly. You have no idea of our pain. So, come and experience it. (laughs) Yet, you still do the walk. I do the yeah. walk because I need to walk. It gives me an excuse to walk. <laughs> all right. So that was, yeah. So I got all my uh, my hunting stuff ready. And uh, I, I'm quite anxious because that list now. I, actually, you know what? I feel better. That, because uh, this weekend uh, I'm, out, oh, I'm out of town. Like it's like, it, it's like a weight off your shoulders. I get it, Bill. I understand. It, being prepared, I know that <laughs> is, is second nature. We just went over that. But at, at the end of it, I feel good about having stuff kind of suit already. I got to put the clothes in the washing machine and, and, uh, Dennis has got to do some uh, shopping for food. But other than that, I think I'm pretty close to ready to go hunt. I even took the guns out of the gun locker that were cleaned from last year, Todd. And, uh, I got a story you know, for you on that one. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so from, from that side of things. But what, what I'd like to have right now, if, uh, if we could, is just a, a moment of silence. For because, um, where are we going with this? He can't be silent. Because, Do we have to be serious. Like, so, yeah, kill that mixer right there. Channel well, Channel One. <laughs> what happened was I sent you uh, the most devastating news this week. No, that any, yeah. did, any any deer hunter could possibly have my target buck. When I say my target buck, the target buck. The pretty selfish of me. You need to listen to last week's episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, deflated uh, all the way through. I had a, a nice buck on camera, and I sent that picture to, to you, Don. I didn't. I sent it to Todd, and you showed it last week. No, I haven't showed uh, him yet. Because you just oh, said you this just happened, you? right? Well, you showed well, me a video of one. Last no, week. yeah. Well, the video that, that I that set, showed video, you, yeah, that that deer I showed you a video of uh, Alliance was pretty stoked uh, and excited about oh, the wait, fact oh, that wait. it was close to our property and had it on video real, real close to where my brother was set up real close to where my dad was set up. Uh, and, uh, it was, it was a hope. So yesterday or the day before I got a text message from my dad and that picture that you're looking at right now, yeah. maybe, um, yeah. is my big ticket there. That was, uh, taken with the crossbow, uh, legally, obviously in the neighboring property. He made a good where shot I had my hand. Yeah, he did. They're good hunters. They're good hunters. And uh, that that moment of silence is for the the almost guy not having an opportunity or anybody in the alliance for that matter. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. And you sent me that and I was trying to be positive and tell you that where that guy was, there's going to be five more just as big that you just haven't seen yet. I believe that. There's there's going to be something Those genetics are there. And so anybody listening, I, I should put it up on the Facebook page if I can. I don't know. You get permission from that hunter gentleman so that people could see what you're missing. But I bet you it's a one 
155, 160. We don't go by inches here at Redneck Country. It's a 10 no. points. No, there's, I think, is it 11? Count, there's either, it's either 12. Oh, I missed some? Yeah. So it's a, it, it's a brute, man. I mean, he is. Yeah. He's really good size. Seems. Yeah. Like the guy's hand is holding the beams and they don't go all the way. His fingers does not touch his palms. You know, some, some pictures people will extend their arms and make the deer yeah. look big or the fish look bigger. I think that's legit giant. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, yeah, as, he might he might be pushing one sixty five to be honest with you. Like he's a big, yeah. he's he's a big. Not that we we don't do inches here. No, we don't. But just to give a point of reference to somebody, I mean, if it's twelve points, and they're not spindly twelves, no. it's a it's a beauty. His fingers beer. are not touching his palms where he's holding the rack on both sides. Yeah, like there's no way. So, so it, it, yeah, it's a bruiser. But there's gonna be more there, Bill. I wouldn't be that distraught about it. I'd be and and hey, you gotta be happy for him. And I know you are. Yeah. Um, I don't know him, but I'm happy for him. Yeah, yeah, I could put myself in his shoes and still be ticked off that he shot it, but <laughs> listen to last week's podcast. Yeah, well, it just means that I don't have to wait for that guy to show up anymore. See, and this so. is where if we did the live video when we do our podcast, we could actually show that, throw it up on the screen. We might get there someday, but I don't know. I like the, I like just having the audio. Video killed the radio yeah. star. Well, I got a perfect face for radio, so I'll <laughs> Well said. So, so moment of silence. All right. On to the next one, Bill, because that one don't matter. He's out. There's got to be more. Yeah. No, gotta be. Like you, Bill, I've been getting ready, too, and, and trying to make a list and get everything together. And today I bought four canisters for the for the buddy heater. Um, my son-in-law is going to lend me his for the week in case we need it. So, Oh, I need. Hey, Jen, can you write on the list? I need propane little things for the heater. Well, you right don't now. have a list. Give me a break. <laughs> we have a list. Jen, is there break. not a list? For what? Yeah. For hunting. Next week. You don't list anything. You run around like rabbit squirrel and you're four. Okay, you're not there helping you my cause. Did you hear that? You're not helping my cause. Did you hear what she said? <laughs> yeah, running around. The yeah. night before, like a rabbit squirrel. Jen, where's my this? Where's my that? Yeah, I know. Okay, well, yeah. let's start a list. Well, they're on <laughs> sale right now, two for 12 bucks. <laughs> huh? And the Royal We can we start a list? <laughs> Propane tanks. And in fact, I even right. Rick, my son-in-law, he got a new muzzleloader, and I took him to really? the gun club this week, and uh, he sighted it in. So, well, we did that. We had Bill, Dad's buddy Bill. He well, just bought a, a new muzzleloader. Yep. And then Michael, Scotty's nephew, he just bought a new muzzleloader, and so we went last night and sighted our guns. And that's why I said I got a story for you about my gun. Oh yeah, it's awesome. But uh, but Bill says, "Why am I surprised?" <laughs> he didn't say that to me. He said it to me. <laughs> anyway, we get there. We got to go to the twenty-five yard bench because they got and they're shooting trap. And people are like, "Why do you bring a trap gun?" Yeah, we're we're not going to get time. Let me tell you this. Though. So Dad's like, "Well, did you bring your trap gun? We might get time." Oh my gosh, really? We're getting there at four. We're leaving at four o'clock. Fourth, we're not going to get there to like quarter to five. Let me you tell think you we're why gonna I have thought time? this. Let me tell you why I thought this because Bill. Todd's been shooting his gun for I don't know how many years. Typically, you shoot it a couple times, yep, I'm still there, that's fine. That's the way mine was. Rick's was new, it took about 10 shots. But he put the scope on himself. Shots. He never had a bore sighted, he put the scope on himself. So it took about 10 shots to dial it in. Now, Bill, his brand new gun was factory mounted. I'm assuming it was bore sighted because four shots, he never touched a thing. He had a grouping. 
in uh, 25 yards. He moved to the 50. He was right on. That was it. Really? <laughs> he's thing. done. He, he didn't was, even shoot at 100. He's like, I don't. I can't even see 100. I'm good at 50. <laughs> Where no, we are, no we're not going to get 100 yard shots. <laughs> but it's it's right on. And so that was it. That was over with. It went really well. Now, Michaels, it took a little more. It took a few well, more Bill's shots. Bill's running that, that brand new traditions that take the fire sticks. Uh, oh, awesome. yeah. That's yeah, right, too. It's, it's different. It's, yeah. yeah. Never, pretty he slick, never made an adjustment. And Bill uh, was having trouble with a scope last year. He's never hunted with a rifle, never hunted with a scope. And he's right on, man. And he was grinning ear to ear. He says, oh, man, I got confidence now. Yeah. So my gun, I got it out. And dad, I said, I said to dad before we left, I texted him. Have you got patches? Because I don't have any. At cleaning patches for those that don't know between shots you got to run a, a cleaning patch down the barrel because it's black powder and it's old school pour the powder in the and put the barrel down and it it gets fouled up one shot so dad says yep got patches okay great we're good to go i grabbed my kit which was already together bill it was it was on my list and grabbed my gun yeah put it in a case way we go and i said you got primers i don't know he says let's see oh there's none there oh let's and in this case, nope, there's none there. Well, hold the phone. Let's see, where will I look? I don't. So and I ran fourth, back in and found a half a box of primers. No, you're wrong. So, you're wrong. You I, they were in my kit. I ran back in and grabbed more when I found out you guys didn't have primers. We had two rows. It, that's it. He says, I don't have any primers. You got primers? But, oh, I texted you about the patches. You couldn't have texted earlier, so you just found out you didn't have primers. If you want to go there, a, I'm I just saying. I was afraid that 40 bullets and, and a half a box of primers was not enough for Todd. Anyway... I like to be accurate and black powder's not always. So we get there and dad, I said, okay, cut me a couple patches. Cause I want to run some cleaner through this thing before I, I pound a bullet in there and then we'll blow the rust out of her. And, uh, so he cuts Jeez. me. So he's, he, I, I, and I used, I last year had the patches you buy, right? They're little squares already cut in a bag. He's got a friggin' towels, old tea towels and crap that he's cutting with scissors patches, patches out. So he cuts a patch, hands it to me, puts it on my barrel. So put it down. Well, it goes in. It ain't coming out. It's in. Now I've got the, the this giant brass cleaning rod with a patch on the end all the way down my barrel, and it ain't coming out. And so you dad's know, got a hold of it. Trick. What's that? No, you don't know the trick. Oh, you tell me the trick because we were all working on her. Are you kidding me? What's you the trick? A, the, the solvent that you use for the... For, for me, I use uh, Thompson's uh, cleaning products, and part of that, it comes with a blue uh, patch. It's a, it, there's a, a dry patch and a wet patch. And that wet patch, uh, when you put it down there, uh, if, there's, if it's not wet, if you put the dry patch down, and if it's not wet enough, it will get stuck. So you need to put a little bit oh, of... Oh, no, uh, dude. This patch was saturated. There. No, no, no. This patch was saturated. I smashed it with... Because I got this... this. Um, I don't know what it is. I think it's made by CVA. We squirted it. it okay. it's, it's it's solvent, right? Powder dissolver, yeah. whatever. So I, squ- I put the patch down on the table, and I saturate it, put the patch over the open barrel, and jam it down, and run it through. That, but the right? other side of it, when in the, the breech plug side, I sometimes will spray... Like there's a, a foam type stuff that, that yeah. I, uh, I do that at the, the end of the season. Oh yeah. All right. I, yep. I so put you the got foam this in. stuck. So the patch goes in, it's stuck. So now it were dad's 
pulling on the ramrod. I'm holding the gun. Dad's holding the gun. I'm pulling on the ram. Now it's dad, me and Bill. We can't get this thing out. So then they're like, we'll just take your breech plug out. You know, the last time I had my breech plug out. Are you kidding me? Oh, I don't even store that okay. in my gun. So here's when I put the dumbest the, thing. Well, oh, that's a smart play. Here's the dumbest thing on the planet. We're going to put finger knurls on a black powder breech plug. Black powder, the most corrosive thing known to man on the planet. And we're going to do a finger knurls like you're going to turn this breech plug out with your freaking fingers. Come on. Not going to happen. So the breech plug stuck in there. So now we're screwed. I can't do nothing. So the gun club's got a pretty decent workshop. So away I go. So I get in there and I got to give a big shout out to Kyle, president of our gun club at Oxford Sportsman Club. So he comes in, he's like, how are you making it out? And I'm like, dude, I have locked that thing in a vice, the, the, the ramrod and been pulling. I can't get it. I said, so now I'm trying to find a tool that I can get around my breech plug so I can get that breech plug out of there. So he knows where all the tools are. He's in there. He's like, we got to take your scope off. And he's like, do you really want to do that? And I'm like, I don't really want to do that. I could take this gun home, figure it out and bring it back. And he's like, but really you're sighting it in. I'm like, yeah, but it's sighted it. I just really a couple shots and I'm done. So if we get the breech plug out without taking my scope off, I'm a happy camper. It's like, well, let's just mark it. And I'm like, all right, we'll mark it. So we mark where the scope was, take the scope off. We get the breech plug out. Well, then Kyle's never had a black powder gun, never shot it. So we're used to dealing in high-end shotguns, right? Like $10,000, $15,000 shotguns that are very well kept, very nice. And so he's looking at this thing going, dude, look at the rust. Of, well, yeah, it's black powder. It's the most corrosive thing. And this gun's not new, my man. I've had this gun for years. It shoots where I want, and I'm happy with it. That's all that matters. And and while he, was, my heart. while he was taking well, the breech plug out, he's got, he's got like big grips, right? Like, uh, I don't even know how to know what you call them. They're, they're like a plumber's wrench. And he's like, I'm going to mark the knurls. I'm like, I don't care. No, Todd, we can't oh. mark the knurls. I'm like, dude, they're knurls. Like that breech plug, I don't care. And he's like, Todd, you can't, we can't mark the buddy. Lock them on there. Drill a hole through it, put the, a rod in it, yeah. and put a big pole on it. Get the thing out of there. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Let's drill clean through it so I can put a rod in there and turn it like a giant wheel. I'm happy with that. And he's going, we can't mark it. And I'm like, Kyle, I'm 100% do not care. Put those freaking vice grips on there and give that sucker a crank. And he's like, oh my gosh, Todd, I can't do it to somebody else's gun. I'm like, Kyle, just, I'm holding the gun. Do it. So he puts them on, we get it out. Well, then he's like, look it. So he's over there. He's meticulously cleaning this thing. I'm like, dude, I'm going to take one shot and it's going to be so black. It's absolutely insane. Don't worry about it. He's like, no, like this is crazy. And I'm like, just give me the gun back. So I get my scope back on it, put the plug back in. I, I put the scope back where we thought it was go down. You know what? I was, I was, I was right on. We were all good. So I thought I better take a 25 yard shot. Good. Take a 50 yard shot. Did a couple clicks. Cause I'm, I'm that meticulous. Dad would have left it. I'm like an inch right and an inch high. So do a couple clicks, go back to a hundred. I'm in there. Bob's your uncle. Have a good day. And by that time, it's I cannot believe you. I'm speechless right now. What I'm hearing, what you're, the, the, the maintenance that you have, whether it's a black powder rifle or not, <laughs> my black powder rifle, Thompson Center Encore 50 Cal, is the same looking as it was the day I bought it. Are and you I serious? It I'm not kidding you. Season after season, I use it. 
There's no I, rust I on the end of the barrel. You not, don't have like I'm the, the finish chipping me? off. Like mine's full no. camo, right? So at the no. end, it's like coming off where the ports are. It's all ported and fluted. And no. And I have a breech plug with knurls on it. And I tell you what, I can turn it by fingers. I take the my fingers and take that breech plug out. I use breech plug grease on it. Uh, it in between uh, rounds, if I shoot at the, you know, um, to sight it in. Obviously, you put your wet patch to dry patches until nothing comes out. Then, you know, you take care of it. <laughs> you take care of it. There is no hey, rust that thing on that gear. gun whatsoever. <laughs> when I put I, it I'm in surprised. Away, I, I oil it and do not put the breech plug in tight. And so I don't it, even leave the breech plug in it while I store it. I take the breech plug out. And I then put you the breech plug, the breech plug it, when it's time to go. And it's in it. a Ziploc bag in the gun case right next to the you're barrel running around of like the a, gun. You're running around like a squirrel with its head cut off looking for the breech plug right. when it's time if to go. That's the case, that, I'm looking the first, for the whole gun. Unbelievable. If I did that, the first question is, now where's the gun case? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> My son-in-law uses <sighs> no C's. He puts no yeah. C's on it, and then he's still got the finger turns. Yeah, whatever. I got that anyway, for my choke tube. We're sighted in. We're ready to rock. So, yeah. We're, we're good so, I, I don't even understand, though. Like, how does your breech plug, the hole that the primer, when when the firing pin hits the primer, or the, the hammer hits the primer, and it has to go through that little wee tiny hole in the breech plug, how is that so clogged that it doesn't even fire? It's not. It fired. Okay. You just you just make sure you because it's a solvent. That's a good point. I clean mine with a darning needle. Yeah, I I don't even know what a darning needle is. Toothpick, and I actually have a little uh, pipe cleaner. There, breech plug. (laughs) Why uh, am I not surprised the two tea drinkers talking needles? It's a a toothpick. I know that you don't have teeth. Like you're you're right on (laughs) next to wooden teeth. You you ain't lying. But I either use a toothpick or I have, uh, if I uh, I have them with me, it's uh, like a, a breech plug. Um, uh, they're, uh, it's like a little needle. Pipe cleaner. Pipe, like yeah, pipe cleaner type thing. Like a pipe cleaner. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, I take care of that. I have a kit that all my cleaning supplies are in, and that, that's my muzzle loader Ain't nobody got time for that. Apparently. <laughs> but we're Apparently. Really, I've even got the shower body wash, Dead Down Wind. And I mm-hmm. even got the clothes. I got all that. Wash. I got all that. We were in Walmart last week. I got it all. Yep. We're all set to go. And the spray, when you're out there and get out of the car in the morning, and the fox pee for my boots, I'm all set to go. Yeah. Fox pee. A lot of people don't yeah. know about that. Let me break that down. Oh, that's fox. Awesome stuff. They, deer will follow fox because fox are very smart. So dad puts wear. fox pee on his boots. And pant legs. And and then as he walks in, it brushes on the weeds and stuff. And he has had deer walk right up to him. Yep. And fox walk up to me, too. Well, yeah, I've had it on mine. I had a fox come in, and I got lost in the morning, couldn't find my stand. Like, within 20 yards, I'm doing circles till I find the tree that it's on, it's bigger to smaller. And then I get up in the stand, oh. and at first light, I got a fox walking the spiral 20-yard yeah. circle that I did and comes right up and puts his paws on the ladder. When I first started using this stuff, it was, oh, 40 years ago. And I was on the ground. I never had a tree stand or anything. And when I got light, I had a fox sitting five feet out from my boots. He was just sitting there. I got light, and I thought, what is that? Is that a tree stump or something? And when I got light, I thought, that's an animal. It's a fox. He's sitting there looking at me. 
just not the end of my boots. I've had one. We're sitting there doing a doing a drive, and my brother-in-law was coming through, just a little mini drive, and my dad was down a ways. I'm sitting on the edge, standing on the edge of a creek, leaning against a, the bank, and I could I see movement behind me. And I'm thinking, holy geez, there's something behind me. I've got to go really slow and just out of the corner of my eye. So I start to move really slow. And as I do, I can see down. It's right down at my boots is where the movement was. I didn't know where it came from. I just knew out of the corner of my eye, I seen movement. And I got a fox stretched right out, sniffing my boot. And I turned around and looked down and it freaked me out because, holy crap, there's a fox going to bite my ankle. But really, he was just <laughs> sniffing. And I stomped my foot and then he took off. But yeah, they, the fox will come right in. But the deer then and will follow the fox because the, the fox will never, is a lot more wary, right? They stay out of they danger. They feel safe if they're following a fox. But the thing thing is it hides your scent that's the main thing it's the strongest thing i know to hide your scent when you're walking back and forth to your stand in fact you can even buy deer drags some of them have straps they strap on your boot with a pad on the bottom so that you soak it when fox pee and then every time you take a step it's squeezing fox pee on the ground and then they have what you call a deer drag and they, they sell those for behind you. dough urine like esterus and stuff yeah. too right but, but i use fox but fox pee man it, it works yeah, not gonna kid, not gonna lie to you. And it makes the deer unwary. And a lot of people don't today. Like that was 30, 40 years ago. It was pretty common. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's something I've never tried. I've never tried uh, fox. I thought fox. Well, I mean, I guess fox isn't a predator. No. Compared not to the deer. Uh, not a like coyote or something yep. like that. Nope. Like, and uh, if it, you know, I, I've heard of people doing, um, like a, a turkey decoy in the field as a confidence. So it comes to mind that you don't necessarily need to have a deer, something to have confidence in that deer for them to come into your area. And if fox pee is it, I've never tried that. And I may, I may give that a try this year. Yeah, there you go. Words of wisdom from the patriarch. This is why we do this, so that we can learn from our elders. I'm not saying you're old, Don. I'm just... Oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, well, there you go. So, so we're yeah. still goose so, hunting too. We're not. Well, we're getting ready to say, be, but we're still goose hunting. As late as, as last week, we were last Saturday. We were on a goose hunt. How'd how it go? How did your goose turn out? You cooked. You were going to share that with us. Oh yeah, I tell we'll you get what. to the goose hunt in a minute because folks, you don't want to not hear this. Trust me. Trust me. Oh, there Here is one monumental <laughs> thing that has happened. Never <laughs> happened before in my life. You're going to want to hear it. Okay, sorry. Go, Bill. <laughs> so the, we tried the, the Todd Millard recipe of just put stuff in a bag and make it work. Or, wait, or wait was that, Todd right again? No, because <laughs> I changed your recipe and I made made the uh, the adjustments to our right ratio of the ingredients, and it turned out absolutely phenomenal. So the the uh, the recipe that Todd put put a put out there was uh, balsamic vinegar. I think we've gone over this a couple of times, but the balsamic vinegar, the uh, extra virgin olive oil, soy sauce uh, at a ratio <laughs> of one to one. But that's not what I did. Uh, the oil was uh, was more and then the balsamic vinegar and uh, um, the uh, 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 soy sauce, uh, I, I put half as much uh, per ratio. Anyways, it turned out. The absolute best. I put it in the fridge with the Montreal steak spice, uh, with uh, some garlic powder and some onion powder. Mix it all together. Uh, flipped it over in the fridge uh, every day just to keep that uh, marinade uh, going on on there on the uh, goose breasts. I put six goose breasts in the bag, 
and uh, we let them sit for three days. And I took them up to my parents' place for Thanksgiving weekend, where we, uh, um, you know, had a little bit of a game feast. My brother bought up a uh, uh, venison tenderloin from uh, a deer he shot last year. And uh, that goose breast, I, I seared it on the barbecue for three minutes aside, not four, like God said, because I just wanted to change it a little bit so that people knew that it was. couldn't do Todd's recipe. No. So we had to do it the almost guy's way. And I put it, put it on for uh, three minutes aside, timed uh, to the stopwatch, because that's what we do. Uh, and we took it out, put it in a, a glass Pyrex uh, uh, pan, covered it with the leftover sauce that was in the bag, and then coated one side with barbecue sauce, covered it with, uh, in a, a pie plate, or covered it covered it, and put it in the oven at, uh, um, oh, what did I do, 375? I think that's the temperature, and I let it cook until it got to 130. And when it got to 130, I flipped it and covered the rest of it with barbecue sauce and cooked it right to 160. And I tell you what, that came out, and it was... Like you said, better than the best steak that you've had. And tender. And it, it was not only was it tender, it, it had the the right it had the right texture. It had the right amount of smoke in there. Well, because I, yeah, I forgot to tell you, I put the liquid smoke in there too. But And uh, when it came out, I cut it into um, uh, strips uh, and uh, served it like uh, little medallions with the with the tenderloin and it, it was phenomenal. And it looks just like roast beef darn near, right? It does. Yeah. It, you know, it had a little bit of red tinge on the inside, but yep. not red as an undercooked, uh, a red. It was, it was like a medium rare. Yeah. <laughs> or actually it was, it was more medium than rare. Just like but we had it, here that Friday before you, we went out hunting, right? Yeah, but better. <laughs> yeah. So it was almost <laughs> like Todd's, but the almost guy did it. So it was better. <laughs> so the one thing that I had was, six goose breasts well with five goose breasts sliced there was more than enough meat for everybody that was 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 at uh, and around the table mm-hmm. so we had one left that was whole um and uh my dad said don't, don't bother don't bother doing anything with that one we'll, we'll eat it for breakfast in the morning well through the auction sales and everything that my dad uh, goes through he's acquired a meat saw like though like a, a deli meat saw like so a slicer a ham or something <laughs> a slicer yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a slicer, so you can yeah, set your Texas and do whatever like that. So luckily, this goose breast was one of the ones I shot, so there was no pellets in it. <laughs> and, uh, well played, so we, Bill, well played. <laughs> not, we not, that not to sound cocky or arrogant or anything. No, not to sound cocky or arrogant, but uh, it was probably <laughs> one of the ones I shot. And uh, he put it on the meat slicer cold in the morning and sliced it into thin, like paper thin. Uh, slices uh, like charcuterie board type like meat. Shaved. Charcuterie board, yeah. It, it was like we would the thickness of a piece of roast beef you'd put on a sandwich. That that thickness, cold, and it was even better the next morning than it was the night that we had it. No kidding. Cut up like that. Yeah. And actually, my dad had some leftovers uh, from from that day, so he took it up to the hunt camp and gave it to some of the other partners that uh, are at the camp. Uh, uh, dad's friends uh, and he they said they, they were raving absolutely raving over the best thing that they've had for for wild goose ever <laughs> so yeah. you gotta get it which, that's the thing yeah that's the four well, days of marinade four days well i had yeah, a couple i had two i didn't have six i had two marinating for four days and as you know i i did the same thing seared them roasted them 
but it was just me. My wife won't eat anything I bring home. So it was just me. So I couldn't eat two whole breasts myself. So I had some left over because she's cooking a roast of pork and, and other meals through the week. So what I did was I made a, a goose stew. Now, oh, yeah. And, and I learned a long time ago, if you don't have any gravy, you can make beef gravy, chicken gravy. You take a quarter cup of butter. And you can put anything in it you want to fry it, like onions, green peppers, mushrooms, or you can leave them out. Well, then after they're kind of sautéed and opaque, then you add a quarter cup of flour to the butter and the onions. And you stir that up until it's like a glop in there. The flour soaks up the butter. It's like a glop. Now you take two cups of broth and pour that in and just stir and mix, and it thickens into a really nice gravy. No lumps. You'd be shocked. But it does no lumps whatsoever because the. Are you uh, uh, you hearing this, Todd? What gravy should be? Yeah, <laughs> and no lumps. Well, so I took I took the leftover goose. And what you do, you roll it in flour, and then you sear it in a pan, and then uh, in in the pan you uh, put the goose in or the the cubes of goose into. I put it into two or three cups of uh, beef broth, and boil it. And then you can use any vegetables you want. I put in cooked potatoes, cooked carrots, and cooked peas. So I had all them left over from another meal and uh, simmered that together for a while. Then I took two cups or a cup. Now, because it wasn't a whole full-fledged uh, big pan of stew and I didn't want two cups of gravy, I just took um, an eighth of a cup of butter and fried a little bit of onion in it and then an eighth of a cup of uh, flour and mixed that up. And then I took a cup of the broth out of the stew that was simmering, poured it in and thickened that. Then I put that whole mixture into the already simmering pot of stew. So it didn't come out like a thick gravy. It just kind of thickened up and browned the sauce in the stew. And oh man, was it good. It was delicious. It was fabulous. That's a really really quick goose stew. You can make a beef stew that way too. Chicken stew, whatever, but Oh man, was it a good stew! So that's yeah. Starting out with a marinated goose breast, and then what you don't eat, make a stew. Oh, awesome! All right, finish it up. Let's Let's get into this. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, I've been I've been waiting for this since you halfway told (laughs) me that there's something. I don't want to sound cocky or arrogant or anything, but I found this field, Bill. No, jeez, did you? That's awesome. But the problem was, it has rained for days and days and days. So it was a soup hole. So the farmer said, "You, you, you can't. I don't care if you drive in it, but you can't drive in it because you won't get out of it." I found three fields that morning. One, I was told by the farmer, it was already taken. The other field was, I was told, this guy lives five towns away that owns it. And I don't have an address or a phone number. I couldn't even find the owner. And I'm getting desperate. And so I'm still driving around. It's Friday morning. And lo and behold, I find a third field. I knock on the door. They direct me to the farmer who's just down the road. And I tell this lady, she says, well, why do you want to know? I said, I want to hunt those geese out there. Hunt them? She says, I didn't think you can hunt Canada geese. Oh, yeah, they're a nuisance. <laughs> they're, you know, there's an early season and a limit. And, the, and they taste and, really good. And, and, yeah, yeah, they and, do. Uh, <laughs> the farmers are getting ticked. They're eating off their beans and stuff. And she says, oh, I can understand that. I said, so you don't have a problem if, if uh, the guy down the road lets me hunt? No, I don't have a problem. I thought, great. So I went down and saw him. And he says, kill them all. In the spring, 
He says they ate a third of my beans just sprouting up. I lost a wow. third of my well, he's beans. Got, he's got ponds right there that they all nest on, right? Yeah. He's got the non-migrating families that are hanging out right there. So he says, and then right across the road is a is a preserved wetland by DU. So there's a lot of geese yeah. in the area, a lot of ducks. Still farming right around there, I bet. Yeah, right. So, so it was so soupy. Uh, yeah, he's like, you, you he just aren't gonna, got a, you ain't gonna bike drive or in. a four wheeler or something you can get in the field. I said, well, no, we got a golf cart. He says, oh, it won't go anywhere. It'll just spin, sink. You won't, it won't get anywhere. And I'm not even sure a four wheeler would have done it. Yeah, and I, I doubt it too. And I know that Todd's got the big, what is it, an F, F250, F250 with the big oversized knobbies on it. And uh, we we could barely get off the road. In fact, he was afraid he was going to get stuck. Well, I'm going to tell that. So yeah. we get there, and and it's early in the morning, and we go, okay, let's check this field that we get out, and it is a soup hole. But there is a bit of a head row that there's a, a fence line that divides two fields. One side's got winter wheat, this side's got cut corn. Now, folks, I'm telling you, we always talk, we got 160 plus decoys, we got the trailer, we got like $20,000, this is not one of those hunts because we could not drive in the field. So this is what we're going back, old school thought process, we're not carry, we're going with what we can carry into the field. So we ain't putting out 160 decoys across the muddy field. So Scotty's with us. I said, well, Scotty, you back it in because you're the quickest backer inner of, of the truck and trailer and stay on that head row and we'll just see well he starts coming down the head row and even the head row that is like we got out and we're jumping on it's pretty solid and you could see where this field's been plowed where it's been plowed it's a muck it's soup but this head row's not been plowed it's 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 pretty solid and there's even standing corn that like albeit it's toast right like it's all burnt and garbage now but there's standing corn just like 80 yards down the head row that was still holding the, the ground solid you're like okay this this will be all right scotty starts to back in and i'm watching i'm like scotty it ain't he's like i'm not feeling it either and then i was a little nervous when he put it i'd be like just pull ahead a bit so we make sure that we can get out like it's 4 30 in the morning and we don't want the truck stuck here all day so he throws it and starts to well once he stomps on it a bit and gets the the, the tires just clogged up with mud so once he started to roll all four tires of my truck and chuck that mud out of the lugs she bit and pulled forward so we may may have been we would have we would have dug a bit of ruts which wouldn't have been nice but we may oh. have gotten in a bit but we and thought that's the worst thing you could do to a farmer is yeah absolutely and, right? and he he really didn't care to it, not get permission again yeah, right. just and it was it was a plowed field like he really didn't care and that's what he said like if you could drive something but you'd get anything stuck if you got off this head row just the, even my, like my truck would have been toast off the head row it was plowed sweet corn and i was shocked they were still in there digging the sweet corn out of the furrows so, but yeah, it was, so it, it was a soup hole, but that, that head row was solid enough. You pr we probably could have, and the, the rut wasn't like a giant rut cause it was still solid ground. You just don't want to take that chance. So we weren't very far off the road at all. Like, like 10 feet is my, the front of my truck with the trailer down the head row, just so that the truck was on somewhat solid ground and we could, we could dig in. Like once he hit the gas, it started chucking mud out of the lugs. Well, we were good to go, but didn't want to take the chance and dig bigger ruts and maybe maybe hit a softer spot then you're really going to dig a rut so anyway we cool. we dropped her down and said okay what's the game plan well i brought a toboggan and and thought okay for all of our u.s listeners that's a that's a snow sled <laughs> sorry yeah, a toboggan, eh? a, a Canadian term. A toboggan. Yeah. so we didn't have our toques on it wasn't cold but we had a toboggan so which is a long sled like a three-person sled so and it was a plastic one it's not the old school wooden one with the hook front so I thought, well, we'll just load that up with decoys. And you think 
when you look at it, man, we get a lot of decoys. You get like five decoys. Well, because they're full body, you know, you can't right? stack them up. Like, flip me, and then they yeah. fall off as you're going across because the plowed field is not not smooth. And so Scott is loaded up with freaking <laughs> eight on his arms. I got six. Yeah. So I'm like, arm. well, heck, man, like that thing's a waste. But we did use it to put our bags with our shells in it and our guns. Yeah. So that's what we used it for. So loaded that up. Take that. Scotty took that in after he, he took a load of, of geese. So we all took six to eight decoys. When we were done, we had 40 decoys in there. And what? I thought, that's all we're using. We're not, because when we're done, we got to clean these up. And that's all I'm thinking about. And then we had to drag the blinds in. And so there was a stipulation that the lady's house that is on the road on the opposite side of this field, we, we, we know not to shoot near it, but the farmer said, we'd like you behind that house just so there's not even the loud booms are resonating that way, even if sought from the side. So we're like, okay, we can respect that. So we had to get in 100 yards or so off the road back in. So we had to drag these blinds 100 yards back and then probably, what, dad, 100 yards over? from the fence row yeah. so so we were in there a ways and you got in your boots are all clogged up like you could just imagine you're soaked right but but hey we're goose hunting man this is what this is what it's all about this is waterfowl weather it was raining while we were doing it so we get the decoys out and we thought okay which way is the wind going we got it you know geese always land into the wind so we want the wind at our back perfect. so we, we made the circle the way we had to face away from the road it was perfect they're going to come over that fence row and drop right into it should be great put the blinds up now we didn't have a lot to cover the blinds because this is a plowed sweet corn field so we took the corn that was the dead corn that was left standing over there that was just toast we grabbed those old stocks and kind of laid them around and i mean the, the, you could still yeah, tell there was blinds there but different how how would you even cover them in mud yeah as if you just have to pile up like you got a big old rock there with mud <laughs> just yeah so the blinds are already like a dark corn color right like max five yeah or max four, whatever they are. It depends on whatever age they are, but max four camo, I think is what they are. So they're already a dark corn. So if you put corn stalks are a little bit lighter and like we had some old corn stalks from the last hunt left on them, but that it, they almost look lighter with that on it. I was actually where the blind was blank with no stocks or no brush on them. They look better. And I, that's what I was saying. Let's a lot just of dark mud showing throw, in the field. Yeah. Throw some mud on them yeah. and, and that'll kind of hide them. So they were, they were okay. I mean, we could have done a lot more work, but by the time we got those 40 decoys put out and it was carried pouring. in, we were, we were spent man. And it was, it, oh, was, it was getting cold. Too, was it? it was started at 13 degrees Celsius and it was dropping down 11, 12, 12, 11. Then it went down to 10, nine, while it was raining and the wind was come picking up thank goodness so it was we were starting to feel it but yeah you don't need 160 decoys because this proved it there was four of us we put out 40 i said this is just like the old days when we, we only had a good 40 decoys to 20 feet apart lots of space so yeah we we put them probably 10 to 15 yards right so 15 20 feet we we put that much space between them we put a row in front of us and then our blinds and then we put a row or two behind us made like a, a, a half moon and the lines still way out there bill the lines for that half moon single file geese on each side of that half moon went clean out oh my gosh i bet you 70 yards and, and that, so and your total number of decoys was 40 40 decoys 40 decoys yeah, which, you know them. i mean for for a uh a weekend warrior that, that you got a couple buddies you can do it yeah yeah well, if they can't afford twenty thousand dollars for the setup 40 decoys is not 
and that was still a lot. You know, I mean, couple, forty. Oh yeah, but it sounds nice. like we used to hunt with twelve and still get limits. But the the forty was nice because it allowed us to hide four blinds a little bit better, right? Because you can make that horseshoe or that half moon a lot bigger. Right to 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 be wider where the blinds are because they the geese don't want to land on that single file line on each end they want to land where there's the comfort zone in the pocket with right. the majority the of the geese yeah. so that forty allowed us to build it out and really we were saying we might have too many decoys for what we want to oh, do because yeah. we didn't want to make it too thick and have them land behind us we wanted them or, to land in front of us so we wanted the majority right there with us. Right. And if you go too wide out the back with that much space, they'll land. Some will come in from well, beside you and land behind you. Yep, just land behind you. And, and we that. can't shoot that way because that's where the lady's yep. house is. So that, that was the concern. And we're going, man, we got it. So that's why the lines on each side of that. And now when, me, when you and I, when you came down a hundred with us, we had that horseshoe. It was more of a horseshoe. We had 80 yards between yep. the lines at the end. This was more of a half moon. And I mean, we probably had a hundred yards from decoy to decoy, maybe more on the far on when they were fully out there. Right. So yeah. it was a lot wider of a, of a horseshoe, but that's because the, the wind was kind of shifting a bit and we didn't want to, we didn't know which way they were going to come in com- totally. So you had wind though. Oh, had wind. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah we had yeah. a good wind and it didn't drop off. It was good. Yeah. Made it, made it a it little chilly. It wasn't as but, good as I wanted it, but. It was good, and it was enough that the decoys were rocking back and forth. Yeah, those avian axes were moving on the on the stilts there, they so yeah. they, they were looking against good against the stops. And boy, did that ever help! So the first flock comes in, well, and the first first scout come in. Remember one one single. Well, you tell that because I don't remember it. You don't remember? Anyway, Apparently, I didn't shoot it. One single came in, and they were late coming, and one single come in, but we didn't leave it for Todd. If you remember the story for last week. Yeah, and, and I don't know who we shot it. We didn't leave it, it for it, Todd. It, it, it was <laughs> it came two down. weeks ago, by the way. That story was okay. You go from there. Yeah, yeah, somebody shot it, but anyway, but they were late coming in. It was a miserable. Well, morning. it was late. Yeah, they they typically will, it won't fly first thing when it's raining and windy, right? Like they they're hoping it calms down, but so it right. makes them a bit later. So so the flock started coming in. Well, instead of coming right at us where we thought, the wind had shifted a bit and was moving to the right. So they were coming sideways, which I don't mind at all because when they're coming in sideways, they're not really looking at you as much coming in nope. head on as when they coming in head on. So they were swinging around and coming right down the pipe and me, but they weren't coming right down. I had maybe, uh, I think we had two rows in front of us. So there was probably a decoy at 15 to 20 yards in front of our blinds. And so when you leave that much space, the thought was they'd land in between the decoys, which they did when you were with us. Right. And yep. they'll land right in the decoys. Cause there's so much gap in there between them. They still didn't land between them. They were landing out on that line and, and kind of landing in between them. But so they were already 20 yards out. Well, when they started to come down, they did, they, they'd get, eye level and cut because they were coming sideways that's when they seen the blinds and that's when they would start to pick up and then they could use that wind to get out sure. of dodge get fast they could yeah. flare fast and get out of dodge fast and i mean it was impressive so i had to yell take them a little sooner than wings starting to flap like they're gonna land because they'd come in 
almost like they were going to land. And then within within seconds, they're 80 yards in the air and flying away because they didn't like the blinds once they got close. So I had to yell, take them a little earlier. So once we realized that we started to make it rain a little bit, we started to, 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 to knock them down. So we, we were pounding them pretty good. I mean, we ended up with 12 for the day and there wasn't a lot going in here anyway, because there's so many fields out there. Like dad said that, the, the geese are separated out there. So these aren't migratory birds yet because they're not flocked up. A lot of up. shooting going on around you. None. None. Didn't None, hear a eh? shot. Well, we did hear shots on the far side of of the, the the swamp, I guess, or the DU established wetlands, but not, there was like one or two for early in the morning, like someone snuck a pond, maybe where they shouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah. But, but and, and that's what we said. I don't know if you're supposed to be hunting in there where those shots came from. But wasn't close enough they put anything up that we could see. Yeah. But there was a couple at first light. But that no, was it. There was there no was, other hunting. And we watched geese go out there was and one, land in other fields. One drawback when the, a big bunch came in all at once and all that is aggravating. Yeah, there was a one large. We got some. But, I mean, you you, you, you we, got we, 80 like, circling. You only got three shots each. And, and decided, they're not all coming down. We decided going in. If you get that in the air where you got 50 or more circling around and, and breaking up and going every which way, and then all of a sudden there's five in your face, and and then they don't land, they take off, and you're waiting for the big bunch, we said, okay, the first time we get a few in our face, Todd, call the shot because that's better than nothing. And take we take that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we did. Yep. Yeah. We, we called Lesson learned from, from many times of letting them circle and yeah. then fly away with yeah. nothing. And we had to, on a, on a couple flocks were wary, right? Like they've been shot at now. They've been hunted for a while. They're, they're local birds. They're not migrating. So they've been shot in the area. So what, there was a couple flocks that maybe we only got two or three out of, right? When they come down and then they flare so fast and that wind was so strong. They just pick them right up. Whoop, they're gone out of range. You yeah. don't even want to pull the trigger. However, we're sitting with nine and it's, it's been slow. All of a sudden here comes, and we did screw up one flock. I was standing up and, and they came out over the trees quick and quiet and, and using the wind. And it was like, holy crap. And, and just didn't get in the blind quick enough. And they circled a couple times, but not close enough because they seen us moving and they were gone. So that's another thing. Keep your butt in the blind. But I, and I can't, I just, I can't. It's just how it is. Yeah, I love waterfowl. Yeah. You can get up and. Yeah. You know, if there's nothing going on, instead of laying there, you get up and talk a little you bit. You just got to be okay with you're going to get burnt every now yeah, and then. Sometimes you get cut. So, yep. And, and so, and actually that happened twice. So on this, th- this, and, and, and I'm the reason, but with a big grin on my face. So we're in the blinds. I'm the far right side. So I'm where they're starting. And then it goes me and then me. Connor. Not no, me. you, me, yeah. dad, Scott, then Connor. No, Connor, then Scott. Whatever. So anyway, I just know that I'm on the end. So they're coming past me and they're landing in front of Connor is where they were, they, were, they would land if they were going to land, but they're swinging out over Connor. So, so Connor's the first to shoot, but I've got to wait until they get to him before I can call it. So I'm in the blind and these, this flock comes over the trees. We can hear them. Okay. They're coming. So everybody get, get your blinds. We get in the blinds. We close them up. And sure enough, they come over the trees. They're low. They're going to come instead of staying out in front of us and dropping. It's the only flock that's skirted to the right which is going going to be behind us and it's 
still looking like they might land, but they're gonna they're skirting that line that I had out there. Instead of on the inside of the half moon, they're coming down the outside of it. And so this isn't good. And so I said, can I take them? Because if they go behind us, that lady's house, we got nothing. Yeah. And they're yeah, gonna yeah, see yeah, us yeah. and flare. Let me clarify that part. They- we were still hoping they would turn and come over the decoys and come in front of us. And it looked like they might have at one point, but then they started flying straight. And it was evident they were, they were coming down. They wanted to land, and they were plenty low enough. But if they did land, they were going to be outside of Todd, outside of that far row. And so he, he looked over at me because he realized that if he doesn't call the shot, they're, They're going to be behind us. We can't get up in that mud and turn around, and nobody's going to get anything. And if he doesn't take the shot, nobody is. And we can't shoot directly at him or over his head. All three of us, no. the way our curve was, we'd have been shooting. I'd have shot over him. Um, um, Scott Connor, Connor would definitely would have me. shot over yeah. Scott would have yeah. shot over Connor. No, like just the city. So we were out of no. the mix. And Todd realized that, and he looked at me, and he says, can I take these? Can I call the shot? And I said, yeah, take them. It's, it's you or nobody yeah, because you're it. the only one that's going to get a shot. So I watched him come up. He didn't have to call it. He just came up and I watched him come up. I, and how, many, how many birds total were in the, in the flock? That was I think there were six. Yeah, there was six. six. Yeah. And, yeah. and they, were, they were close now. They were close enough to shoot. They weren't and, super close. I and, mean. But they were close enough to shoot for Todd. But yeah. and Todd so got on up, the ground, fifteen yards yeah. away. The one that was <laughs> no, leading no. them, the one that was easy. leading them, kind of flared a little and started to go out and flared into the other. I to picked lead the third away. one back, and so that's when he. So I came up, and as he's flaring, I'm going. They're they're moving. They're leaving. They're using that wind. They're out of here. So I picked the third one because he was the last one to flare and the closest for me. I picked him. I came up under his butt, and now I'm swinging kind of to my right and up. Mm-hmm. And I came up his back end, and as soon as I got towards his head, I pulled the trigger, and I just kept that gun moving because I knew when they start to flare and use that wind, they go from zero to 60 like that. And so you could shoot behind them. While you're pulling the trigger, you aim right at them or just in front a little bit because they're not moving that fast. But when they hook that wind up, as you're pulling the trigger, they automatically go zero to 60. Boom, they're way in front of your shot. So when you're pulling the trigger, they don't look like they're moving it. But by the time you get it pulled, they're cruising. So I came up behind his butt, brought it across his head, pulled the trigger, kept the gun just swinging, like sweep it out of the air like a skeet target and just kept that gun moving. Well, when I did that, I seen it crumple and then my gun jammed. I got one shot because of the mud and everything else in oh, the rain, the mud. Like I, my hands were. No, no, no. Oh, it's not the mud oh, no, and everything else. That was, I was impressed when? with how clean my gun. I even said that at the beginning, didn't I, Dad? Yeah, yeah. That I, it was, I said, you got to be careful now. I clean it. You take your finger off in this thing when you close it. So, oh no, it was working, but it was so muddy. Every time I put my hands on my guns, like my, the, I'd, I'd walk around and I'd jump in the blind and you'd put a big mud pie like like the cows left in your laneway uh, you'd yeah. leave that on the seat of your of your blind when you got in right like it was that muddy i mean it was just clumped uh, all around yeah. i was picking mud off the rib of my barrel just because of where it would touch on the blind and my boots would hit it and then the gun would rub across that point of the blind and pick it up and like it was just sticky mud so i pulled the trigger and that one i aimed at folded and then it jammed and i said my gun jammed and dad says was it you or scott I said, well, you Did got- three just fall? Yeah. 
And they did. In parallel, the one folded up deader than a doornail. And then two in front of it, the lead one and the second one, just whoop, and they fell behind it. Bunk and bunk. I got a triple you, you got with one shot. Nobody on one else shot. pulled the trigger. Yeah, and he Todd wheeled around and said, There's three down. And he said, Who else shot? Nobody taught. It was all you. One shot. One, one shot. Gun jam. I said, Scotty goes, if your gun didn't jam, you could have got nine. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was only six so or so. Witnesses. Six, but he had two more shots and couldn't use them. Yeah, my gun jammed. My gun locked open. Yeah. And so wow. Oh, is he pumping? What, now, <laughs> he's, he's three with one shot, Bill. Never happened. I've gotten triples. I've gotten four with three shots. Right? I've never gotten three with one shot. Anyway, That's he's impressive. bragging and he's going on, and and I couldn't I help mean, but think, okay, Todd's got his picture on the, on a goose trailer. He's got his picture on the redneck country post. He's got his picture on crests on his clothes. He's got his picture on Facebook. I'm not that I'm but, cocky or anything. And, I, and he's pumped that he's, you know, he's bragging and he's cocky and he's arrogant, <laughs> but he's never going to get his picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Oh, and he's never going to sell buy five copies for his mother. You thought about that <laughs> since like Saturday. Is that a song on your MP3 player when you walk? <laughs> Goodness. But yeah, I don't mean to sound cocky or anything, but three birds with one trigger pull. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty wicked. So more to the story, though. And to be honest, like, you know, I know, you know, I know, you know that I know that, you know, that it, it that's a fluke. Right. It just improved cylinder BBs, three and a half inch and kept the gun moving. The one that's I was it. on deader than a doornail and stray pellets or me swinging so much because I wasn't thinking swing and kill three with one shot. Well, I mean, that would you be know cocky. What they say, it only takes one in the right place. Yo, you got her. Yeah. Well, with these two. Well, that one he was shooting at, it, it, he scared it when he jumped up and it flared right into the other five and, and it came in line with them and he was leading them out. They were all going to move. A split second later, they'd have put all air between them. But for that split yeah. second... They were, they were all kind of taken away the, from yeah. my. He just no, has no, to justify real, the, the, the realize, <laughs> realism to this story that yeah. they were probably all you know grouped up. They were flaring. Together yep, they were moving. And, so, so when I got up, Scotty says, well, that one's, that one's not hit very hard. So Scotty's up and he's going after it. Well, he couldn't get. 80 yards to it and it's starting to run and flap wings. And that's the scariest on a, on a cripple. Right. So yeah. the first one, the one I aimed at deader than a doornail, not moving in, in, the, in the head bill. The second one, it was down. Head was kind of swinging, but it was down. The third one, it's up and it's, it's, it's hobbling. And as Scott gets up and goes after it, I'm still re I'm trying to figure out why my guns jammed. Scott's going after it. It doesn't, it won't let him close the gap past 80 yards. That's a long distance. And it That's starts running shot. and flapping its wings and it starts to get a bit of air. Scotty shoots, Scotty. Let's go. Ba-wham! Ba-wham! Well, 80 plus yards. He ain't doing nothing. Well, it couldn't get in the air. Thank goodness. It maybe did for maybe 10 feet, came back down and it starts walking again. So Scotty 
he's got one shell left because he didn't take any in his pockets. By now, I've got my gun unjammed and I'm out going down after it. So Scotty tries to get closer again, still 80 yards because every time he gets close, it, it runs and flaps its wings like it's moving that fast. Pulls the trigger again, nothing. Still running. So now I'm running after it, trying to close the gap and its wings are going. I stop, put the gun up, bam, bam. And you know me with geese on the ground. That ain't happening. But I mean, I was still 70, 80 yards and now I'm like, I'm about to give up, but we can't. Now this thing's halfway across this muddy, plowed, soaking wet field. This is my triple with one shot, buddy. You're coming home with me. I said to Scott, what do we do? Do we go back, grab shells and then run back for it? Now you're, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't want to screw any more flocks up while we're out here. I want to get this thing as fast as I can and get back to the blind. I didn't bring any shells. I only had two. Scotty spent his three. Uh, screw it. I just started to run and I'm running as fast as I can. And the, this freaking mud, I got like snowshoes of mud on my boots and I'm just clod hopping across this plowed field. It's running wings flapping. I'll be darned that it finally tires out, gives up and lays down with its neck way out, stretched out long. Like it's hiding. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. But I mean, I was now I'm 800 yards from the blind. So Scotty's yeah. like right with me. So I get up, I put my gun stock on it, on him and grab him and, and dispatch him real quick. And then as we're out there, bark, bark. Oh, oh, this is on. my, this is what I, I feared. So me and Scott got no shells in our gun. We hit the dice said kneel down. So we kneel down and we're wait, we're 800 yards. I'm thinking it shouldn't bug them that much, but they didn't like something about dad and Connor in those blinds and they flared Your blinds early open. and no, the Connor got up and closed them. So they flared early when they, and, and I'll be darned. They flew right over me and Scott <laughs> and our guns are freaking empty. You throw your guns at them. And they circled us twice. Me and Scott circled us twice. Never went back to dad and Connor in the blinds. And then they flew over to the ponds. <sighs> I never leave the blind with a pocket full of shells. But I don't leave the blind much anymore, so trying to get these guys trained to do it. However, Connor's giving me the blow-by-blow. Okay, Scott's running. He's out of shells. Scott stopped. He's he's out of breath. Todd's running. <laughs> Todd's <laughs> Connor doing that? Yeah. Oh, Todd God, shoots. funny as crap. Oh, Todd's out of shells. <laughs> and nope, now Todd's running. He's turned on the burners. Oh, the goose gave up. They got the goose. Oh, here comes some geese, Todd. Get down. <laughs> they're too high for us. Oh, they're going over Todd, and, over Todd and Scott. Oh, they're out of shells. Oh, they're leaving. <laughs> and with That's that, awesome. was the end of the hunt. Yeah, and then we had to pack up. My gosh, we had to pack up. Well, so, it's, uh, it's an exciting hunt. And that was the worst hike out ever. Yeah. Pulling all that stuff. Uh, Connor, and so we had the sled. We just slid it under my blind, and I sat on that sled, my blind on the blue sled, but buried it in the mud underneath me. So then we loaded all 12 geese up on it. Connor put it around his waist, and away he went. That's when the work begins. He slugged that sucker. And then he helped dad a bit in the, in the blind, in the trailer as me and Scotty were yeah. carting geese. And I thought, Oh man, he's going to hang out there and leave the rest for me and, and Scott. And, and maybe rightfully so. Cause that big sled of fricking geese that he carried out was probably more than any of the weight, but we got the blinds we're carrying out. We got the decoys we're carrying out. And then he came back in and grabbed more. Scott says, man, Connor, Connor's willing to put in the work. I said, yeah. yes, he, and I, ah, oh, yeah, thank, yes. thank goodness. He came but, back in and gave us a hand. You know yep. how we packed the geese in that trailer. 
And yeah, you, absolutely. Try, you start, you get a base, and you pack to the ceiling, and you keep coming forward and pack to the ceiling in order to leave room for the blinds to go in there. Because you got six blinds to put in behind the geese. Well, when they only took out 40, the wall fell. So no, well, and then we had to pull the trailer out right you moved it so everything just yeah. shifted so the the trailer is halfway to the back full of geese halfway up so it was a major overhaul for connor and i to restack get everything from the front up on top and restack yeah, and- i was dreading it all the whole day i was dreading packing up i was dreading all the geese in the trailer all the decoys in the trailer carrying everything out like it's just it's a lot of work when you're yeah, when you're spoiled like, like first world problems right when you can normally drive a trailer and unload drive it in pick it up would i do it again do you have the yeah I don't know. Do you have that yeah. often where you got a truck, no. truck decoys in? Or is not lately. No, nope. not because it, it, it with uh, when I go ice fishing or, or something, I got a big pelican um, sled, and that thing is fantastic. I've, I've carted deer out in, in, uh, in the field and everything like that. But if this isn't a problem for you, there's no point investing in something like that. Uh, you know, I don't know. That day, I would you know, if you, if you were a salesman and showed up on the road at four thirty in the morning with one of them, I might have paid you whatever you wanted. <laughs> I bet you would have. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we were leaving, the farmer texted me and he says, "Come on back next Saturday," because we only got Saturdays if we wait for everybody. And even then, sometimes yeah. somebody has to work. But uh, he says, "Come on back next Saturday," and I said, "Well, I'll watch the field. If there's numbers going in there, I'll let you know and we'll go in." Well, I was out this morning. And this is Friday morning, and uh, there was there was twenty twenty five in the field, and, yeah. but then it rained all day today. It's raining all night tonight, and it's going to be another mess. And I don't know if it's worth a hunt on Saturday for twenty five birds. And that I don't long. know. I don't know. Yeah, I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah do it tough. again. But now I'm thinking, hmm, am I going to do it again for maybe two or three small bunches? I don't know. Well, you had a couple well, hundred birds going in there. Is, yeah, sorry, this is Thursday morning, so I'll go out again tomorrow morning. And uh, scout around and see. So we might not have a field for Saturday because I got nothing solid yet. Yeah. So, but yeah, listen to last week's podcast and and Connor's Connor's coming through. He was, he was, he was doing well. That's a good story. I'll, uh, I'll be anxious to hear uh, what happens this weekend. Even if you don't get to go deer hunting, I bet, or uh, uh, goose hunting, I bet you'd be in the, the woods. Doing something, getting oh, ready for we got standstill to move. We gotta, we yeah, gotta get got lots yeah. of work to do. Yeah, we, we got, do. Yeah, we got lots to do. Even if we don't get a field, either that. Just if too we busy. Get a field, we're going to be doing it through the week in the evening, and it's going to take two or three evenings. Now, yeah. I doubt very much if we're going to be hunting geese the last Saturday before deer opens, because we right now we just heard about a benefit shoot out of our club uh, for a lady who's already been honored for all the work that she's done at clubs and trap shooting. And she lost two of her sons, tragically, seven months apart uh, in this year, 2021. And so they're going to have a benefit shoot for her. And so Todd and I are figuring that we'll probably shoot that benefit shoot down there. Yeah. Oh, that's good. She's yeah, good, good people. She's awesome. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. know her, Bill. I, don't, I won't mention her name on the podcast here, but. Yeah, you've met her. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Well, good luck uh, with whatever you're doing. And, uh. Uh, we'll uh, we'll chat. It was a yeah. good talk tonight, guys. Agreed. Thanks, Bill. Yep. Take Thank, care, Bill. Thanks for the stories. All right, guys. Have a great night. You, you too. too. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. 
And I'm Todd. And thanks for listening. And folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week. <laughs>